0: Well, it's my great honor this morning to introduce our speaker. She is amazing. She is my friend, and she is a prophet of this house. So, would you welcome Michelle?
1: Ooh. Oh, Dave, thank you, thank you. Oh, look, my family standing up, and oh, extra blessing upon those who just stood in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I love you, Lisa. Ooh, your testimony is powerful woman. We got to hear your testimony. Okay. Ooh, I dimmed my screen and now I can't see it. Whew. Hi. I'm so glad you're here today <laughs> because if I believe and I was praying that the Lord would bring those who need to hear, um, what I'm about to share That he would bring you specifically in this house today. So whether you're listening online, whether you're watching this later, or if you're here at the mission for the first time, or maybe you just come every once in a while, you are here by divine assignment. And so I want you to expect, to expect Holy Spirit to be speaking things to you that I may not even know. That I'm saying or communicating. Because the spirit of God does that. The spirit of God will minister to your spirit and to your soul. In ways that uh, I just cannot. So Holy Spirit I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your love. I thank you for. Just the history that you are writing today. In all of our lives. I give you what is already yours. Uh, This place, my life, my voice, my thoughts. And we ask that you would move in ways only you can move. And we ask this, Jesus, according to the will of the Father and in your most powerful precious name. Amen. Amen. So a couple weeks ago, um, Dave, I was kind of freaking out because... um, he started preaching a message I started writing back in, November, uh, back in December. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I was excited because I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit, you're, you're speaking, you're talking. Uh, do you guys remember when Mark Crawford was here? Yeah, it was October 29th. I'll never forget it because he was standing here and he said, Hey, do you guys know the prophetic words over this house? Do you all remember that? If you don't, I would advise you to go back and watch on YouTube the October 29th message. Because within that message is an anointing, is a commissioning, and is really a, a beckoning of the Father. And as I've watched it over and over again and read through the prophetic words, um, I have felt an honor, uh, I have felt a fear of the Lord. Come upon me because we really are in a, a, a time in history that is so significant. And if we don't have ears to hear and eyes to see and perceive what the Lord is inviting us into and commissioning us to do upon the earth. Then unfortunately we'll miss the goodness of God, the grace of God that is available for us in some really rocky times. Amen. Amen. So as, he, as he's declaring that, I'm sitting there and I'm like, gulp. Why? Because I know, as a prophet in the house, and as, the, as someone who is going through the prophetic words and the dreams that are being given by the Lord in this house, uh, along with others, uh, Regina Duncan, Kathy, uh, Melanie, there's so many others that are going through the prophetic words, Mark and Tammy, and we're praying into them and we're looking for strategy. Because God does not release his word just because he likes to talk. He releases his word because he knows his sons and daughters need a strategy for the times that they're living in. Anybody here need direction? Anybody here need purpose? Anybody here need strategy? You know, there was a word given over this house that, that we used to gather... And this word was not given as an insult. It was just given as a a recognizing the times that we were in. Uh, We would gather for personality. We had amazing speakers and leaders and transformative voices that have been on this stage. But that the Lord has transitioned this house. And he's beckoning people not to come for a personality or a tickle. or Well, and not that they were tickling our ears. I mean, it was profound what the prophets were saying from this house. And in this house. But that now God was drawing us. He was drawing people. For purpose. For purpose. And so I, I am sharing this with you. Because I believe that the words that have been spoken over us. Are for that purpose. That we would understand the purpose in which we are. Not only here upon the earth. But here coming to the mission regularly. Why do you come? I'm sure there's lots of things that that we do great but could do better. I'm aware of them. Because you share them with me. And I'm glad you do. (laughs) And that's not bad. Um, But that you are coming for purpose. To understand The times and the seasons that we live in. And that isn't necessarily all of what I'm talking about today. But a few weeks ago, Dave was preaching a message that was powerful. And he talked about the importance of story. Do you guys remember that? And as he spoke, I could not help but thank God. Because I thought, at first I went, oh no, he's teaching the message I have. (laughs) Which isn't actually this message, but... um, but what he did was he set us up beautifully for what the Lord is going to continue to bring us in and through in this year. He was setting the stage for, for you to hear. Sometimes we have to hear things over and over again before we actually listen. Before we actually comprehend. Amen. And what he said was we are naturally wired to respond to story. I've done a lot of study on this over the last few years because my own story has challenged me so much and yet Jesus enters it and brings healing. So if I don't know the power of my own story, the opportunity for Jesus to minister healing to me is diminished. Do you know your story? Have you told your story? Do you know that we are the story of God being written every day, being read every day, being lived out every day? You are the story of God. It is an innate trait. Us responding to story is an innate trait that is ingrained in us from the beginning. God has designed our brains, say our brains. (laughs) To process information in a narrative form. Say narrative form. I just like hearing your voices. (laughs) And storytelling has been fundamental in our history and our culture. When we hear a story, we become emotionally engaged. We lean in. Our curiosity is piqued, yes? Our brains release, and this is beautiful that God created us this way. Our brains release hormones like Oxycontin. And dopamine. I won't make you repeat those words. <laughs> Oxytocin. I'm sorry. You're right. Oxycontin is a bad pill, and we don't want to take that. Oxytocin. I am trying not to use these. <laughs> I I'm I have taken oxycontin for and it was. Good stuff. (laughs) I was in a bad accident. okay, And I only took it for three days, like they tell you. (laughs) Oxytocin and dopamine. Thank you so much, Leslie and Andy. I love you. (laughs) And oxytocin and dopamine release us to connect. They release endorphins in our body, which cause us to connect at emotional level. And then we begin to emphasize, empathize, if I can speak. Can I ask you to open this for me, Ryan? That we begin to empathize with the people in the story who are telling the story or the characters and the narrative of the story. Thank you, friend. Additionally, stories are a powerful tool for communication and persuasion since they convey complex ideas and compelling and, in a compelling and memorable way. So, it's no surprise (laughs) that stories have captivated humans since the beginning of time. Remember, we were created this way. And storytelling remains to this day a critical part of our social and our cultural fabric. I want you to, we were created by our creator this way. It isn't something that has just evolved over time. We were created in the likeness and the image of our creator this way. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that this is one of the main reasons why God tells stories. Throughout the word of God, from beginning to the end, we read story after story after story. Of villains, heroines, heroes, people like you and me. Why? Why does God put the mess in the midst of his word? Why does he identify with messy people? War, adultery, lying. Covetousness. He identifies. He allows those stories to be there. Why? Because in the midst of those stories, he's telling his. And because for some reason, he chose humanity that was made in his image and in his likeness to continually tell his story and reveal his faithfulness, his goodness, his power, his authority, his truth. In every single story, if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, we will see the Beautiful character and nature of God. We are no different. I believe that the Bible is full of these stories. Humans living out the struggle in life, the relationship with God to believe, to not, not believe. Because he didn't want us feeling so distant from him. Because he knows that we're a hot mess but he's continually reaching out through story to pull us in. And my message is not on the story, (laughs) but I'm wanting to make a point. Within these stories, within your story, within my story, he reveals his desires and his intentions for us. You know, it's funny because Jesus mostly spoke in story. He spoke in parable, right? Why do you think he did that? He tells us why, right? He's like, because they have ears, but they don't hear. They have eyes, but they don't see. They cannot perceive in the natural telling of, uh, of me, just telling them the mysteries, revealing the mysteries. They, they can't perceive it. It's way over their head. So I tell them a story to reveal the mysteries of my father. I believe that's why we were created to respond to story so that we could know the mysteries of God. So that when we open the word of God, we could be inspired and answer that invitation in that moment because we're responding. We may get angry. You ever read a a story in the Bible and get so angry? Oh, I have. And then I'm questioning him. (laughs) Why would you do that? Why would you say that? Why would you send a lying spirit through your prophets? I don't understand. This is beyond me. Yes, it is. But will you trust me? Will you come back to the fact that I am good? That I am all powerful. That I know what I'm doing. That my plans and my purposes are good. Last year I shared a message about the promises. Remember that I talked about the promises of God and the, and the prophetic promises of God that we receive. And I compared them to being seeds in a soil. That when God speaks a, a promise over you, whether it's through his word, th- through intimate relationship with him, or through someone else. When God is speaking to you prophetically to encourage you or he speaks a promise. I said they are like seeds that in that moment, in that breath, they are being planted in the soil of our lives. I think that was a really good message. <laughs> I liked that one. I liked working on that and I'm living that out. In Matthew 13, and Joe, you can put that up, but it's just going to be real quick. In Matthew 13, Jesus compares the word of the Lord and the mysteries of heaven heaven, heaven as seeds being sown into the soil. It says, some fell, and he's speaking about the the sower that goes out to sow the seeds. He says, some fell on rocky places where it it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Think about the words and the promises that have been spoken in your life. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seeds fell on good soil. Say, good soil. Say, God, I want to be good soil. Where it produced what? A crop. And not just a crop. Look at this crop. It is a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. Do you know that we have that word multiple times over this house? We have that word that is in the scripture. We have that word spoken by multiple prophets available to us in this house. Whoever has what? What should you do if you have ears to hear? We listen. And we listen and respond. What seeds has God As the sower, as the good gardener, what seeds has He sown into your life that He is desiring to give you a hundred, sixty, and thirty fold? That to me speaks of impossible multiplication. Are there things that you're facing in your life that you're contending for and praying for that look impossible? I am. And I have to go to this scripture. Because I know that I am good soil. Because I I let him come and say, that boulder needs to go. That plank in here needs to go. This needs to get tilled. This needs to... Like, he is constantly working in me. Apart from him, hot mess express. Even with him, hot mess express. Let me tell you. (laughs) Can anybody relate? (laughs) All the hot messes in the house say, hey... Thank you. (laughs) right. (laughs) If you can't have fun, it's not worth doing, right? All right. Yes. (laughs) Core value right there. So I would propose to you again today that the words of the Lord spoken into our lives here. When Michael Dalton, Dan McCollum... Bob Hazlitt, Mark Crawford, Chris Vallatin Dave Crone, <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> I'm not carrying my name up here. When the prophets have come up here and spoken, are they speaking to the walls? Are they speaking to the floors or the structure of this house? They will address it as here at the mission, right? But if we are not careful, we will look to the Crone family to go, wow, I'm, I'm all for you in seeing that word come to pass. We will look to the staff. How's that going? How are you guys aligning with the word of the Lord of the house? What are you doing to see the word of the Lord come to pass? And we will forget that when the breath of the prophet spoke and those seeds were going out, that you were sitting in these seats and in this atmosphere received a grace and an impartation to grab hold of that. You see, in the breath is an invitation. Can you say an invitation? I love that word. For someone like myself who believes in honoring the prophetic, I mean, the Lord has arrested me with this. I feel the fear of the Lord when we don't, when I don't honor the prophetic word that is being spoken. I feel the fear of the Lord, not his judgment. I feel the fear of the Lord. Because what I've come to realize is that these prophetic words, these seeds are his thoughts, his dreams, his desires. And so much of the time we look, especially when a word is given corporately and we go, oh, hope you guys have fun with that. Wow, that's a powerful word for this house. Wow, Lord, I'd love to see that come to pass. But we don't grab hold of it and recognize in the moment The Creator is actually speaking to you. He's actually saying, Stephen, I'm speaking to you. Ron, Shelby, Laura, Jewel, Bob, Larry, Mark, George, I am speaking to you. And the greatest tragedy is if we hear the word of the Lord and we look to see who's going to pick it up but we don't once put our name in the hat we don't once say pick me Lord I think about in revelations when John is seeing the vision and and he hears the voice of the Lord saying who will I send can you imagine that moment who will I send? And when the Lord speaks a prophetic word over this this house, he's saying, Who has ears to hear and eyes to see? And who will I send? Who will be willing to wear the dreams that I'm dreaming? Who will be willing to clothe themselves in my desires? Who will be willing to pick up those seeds and say, I want it to be planted in good soil. Lord, I... And good soil. Plant those seeds in my life. You see, <laughs> what is profound, and we don't we don't see it in the natural, but let me tell you, it's happening in the spiritual realm around us. When a prophetic word goes out, there is A grace on those words. There is an empowerment in that breath. And in that moment, if we don't reach out and grab hold of it and say, amen, I believe. Remember, I think that was what Mark kept telling us to say. Amen, I agree. Remember that? He was actually causing us to do just that. He was causing us as he was speaking the word of the Lord and those seeds are going out and there's courage in the breath. He was causing us to say, amen, I agree. I will grab hold of that seed. Let it be planted in me. Let it bear fruit hundredfold, thirtyfold, sixtyfold in my life. Send me. Send me to the neighbor. Send me to the street. Send me. To Guatemala, send me to Fiji, send me to Africa, send me to to Walmart, send me wherever. Send me next door. Send me into the next bedroom. Ooh, I feel that. There is an empowering grace that is available to us in that moment, and Holy Spirit, Spirit, I. I am asking that right now you would take us back in time. And as the prophet spoke those words and we said, yes, I agree that that grace that was released in that moment, that if we did not know what we were grabbing hold of, that right now there would be a fresh impartation, that there would be a fresh grace. I release a fresh grace to grab hold of that seed that is your dream. It is your promise. And we receive courage. We receive the courage that it was laced upon those words in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just want to give you freedom at any point. If you feel like you need to get up, if you need to stand up, if you need to lay down, if you need to do anything. Because I feel very aware that Holy Spirit is stirring hearts for something. And sometimes you have to do something prophetically. You have to position yourself in a way So that it's not just your thoughts, but your body is coming into alignment with what the Spirit of God is stirring within you. So you have freedom in this house to express yourself however you need to. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today my goal is to share with you some of these prepared words. Some of these words that have been spoken over this house. For the last 10 plus years. Since this house was actually surrendered... To the Holy Spirit. Was that 30 something years ago? 20 something years ago? 30. 25 to 30 years ago. In that transaction that took place. I got to drink some water. In that transaction that took place. When the Crone family humbled themselves before the Lord. And said we give you. The keys to this house. This is your house. You build it the way you want. On that day, there was an exchange, a legal exchange that t- took place in the courtroom of heaven. And history began to be written in a new book. And I want, I felt an invitation from the Lord today. Do you want to be written into the history of this house and the legacy of this house? Because that's what these prophetic words are inviting us to, to be, to grab hold of them and say, that is for me. Kathy, go ahead and have them get ready. We have, um, flyers, pamphlets, whatever you want to call them. And these just have three major themes. Okay. Three major themes That have been spoken over this house. Over you. Time and time and time and time and time and time again. Why do you think God repeats himself? Because he wants us to get it. He repeats himself because it's important. He repeats himself because he knows. Oh, we didn't hear it the first time. We didn't hear it the second time. They say you have to hear something up to seven times before you actually begin to hear it. Before I jump into these major themes and as they're passing this out, I just want to invite you to position ourselves to align with prophecy according to God's word. Joe, can you pull up 1 Thessalonians? Paul is giving his final instructions to the Thessalonians here. And I absolutely love this chapter. These are instructions. This isn't, hey, if you feel like it. This isn't, hey, on a good day, this is what you should do. These are the instructions to the bride of Christ. Anybody in here? The bride? Yeah, come on. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in who? In Christ Jesus. Now it's so interesting. Look at this next part. Do not quench the Spirit. Well, how do we quench the Spirit? We're not going to quench the Spirit because we're rejoicing always, we're praying continually, we're giving thanks. But it says, do not quench the spirit. Why? How? Do not treat prophecy with contempt. But test all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. I, when I read that, I looked at the word contempt. And I know different versions say different things. I looked at that word contempt. And I know none of you feel this way. It says, the feeling... That a person or a thing is beneath consideration. Worthless or deserving of scorn. How many times do we hear prophetic words and we think, great, another prophetic word? What have they done with the last one? Are we just going to focus on the prophetic all the time? What are we going to do with it? I agree. What are we going to do with the prophetic words that have been spoken over our lives and over our families? What are we going to do with them? Are we going to treat them as though they are beneath consideration? Or are we going to personalize them? Because that's what prophecy is. It is a personal invitation for a deeper conversation with him. Remember Mark talked about vous déjà? He said it much better than I. He said it is when you look at a familiar thing with different eyes and a fresh perspective. We have to be careful. Because if you have been here for a long time, this is a dangerous place to be. Because we can be so familiar I've only been here a few years. I mean, I've been coming up here for years, but committed in the house for a few years. And already, things can feel familiar. Oh, yeah, that's what we do. Oh, yeah, this. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Oh, yeah, God says that all the time. Hmm, I wonder why. What is God saying in this, where he says, do not treat prophecy with contempt, He's saying familiarity breeds. He's saying be cautious. Wake up. Don't be so familiar with the words spoken over your life and over this house that you don't accept the invitation of something that is beyond you. That is so grand. That feels so impossible that would actually make your life worth living. I'm going to say that again, when you grab hold of the promises and the declarations of God for you and for those around you, it will actually make your life worth living. You won't be bored. You're not going to feel like, oh, we just do the same thing over and over again. Why do we even go to church? What is the point? What is the purpose? We're just going to sing some songs. We're going to hear a little scripture. We're going to hug some people. And then we're going to go, no, (laughs) no. That is not why we open these doors. We open these doors to engage with the Christ in you and the Christ in me to worship the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And when we do that, there is an impartation that is taking place among us. I receive a grace that I didn't have before I walked in. When I'm worshiping God, I'm receiving from your worship. Do you know that? That's a whole other message. I need to be careful. We come together because the invitation of the open door. Each of us are that open door. Jesus says, I am what? I am the door. Who lives and dwells in us? The door. This is the year of the door. Holy Jesus, how significant is that? Wow, I'm with you. (laughs) Jesus, do we know the times that we're living in? All we hear on the news, save food, save water, famine is coming. Take your money out, put your money in, invest here. fear. But the spirit of the most high God lives and dwells in us. And what is he said? Don't treat prophecy with contempt because in my prophetic word is an invitation for you to be empowered by my grace and my word and to have the strategies that you need. To build my church, to build my body, to bring in the lost. All the things that we're praying for, it is present. He's already given it to us. We ask for more and he says, how much more do you want? Because I've given all. I've given you all. I've given you my word. I've given you my breath. I've given you my spirit. I've poured out my spirit upon what? All flesh. Why? Why? So that we can prophesy and dream dreams and encourage one another. Do you know that when those doors open, we are to come in with a song and, and an encouraging word for one another? Who That it isn't just the worship team's job. But we come in as those who will usher each other in. Whew, like I said, that's a whole other message. Prophecy gives us permission to be who God says we are. And to believe that he is who he says he is, to trust in a greater capacity than we even think is possible. Prophecy gives us permission to risk our own comfort zone, our own comfort level. It expands our understanding. Why? Because it's an invitation to a deeper conversation. I get a prophetic word and I go, What? The UN? The nations? what are you saying? God, you know me. He says, yes. And that's why I'm sending you (laughs) because I'm looking for those who worship me in spirit and in truth. I'm looking for those who will bow their head before my throne and live their life. According to my word, who will be conduits of my love, who will believe me at my word. These words belong to you. And if you're just visiting here, God wanted you here because he wants you to know that these words are yours. If you're watching online, these words are yours. They have your name written on them. They are an invitation sent to you directly. Now, here is my question. Do you want to be written into the legacy that is upon this house? Then our actions will show what we believe. One of the things that Mark said. Remember he talked about that woman on the plane. Remember the woman that was dressed in, in that dress. And she had this smelly food. And she thought that she had paid for two and a half seats. Right? And that on his way she was sitting. It was just this whole hot mess. And then on the way back the same thing. Coincidence. No, the Lord speaks prophetically through those things, right? And he said, this is what the Lord said to him. The Lord spoke to him through this crazy event, twins, double. Now hear what I am saying. That it was all put together to demonstrate the miraculous power God is going to do in this place, in your life, in your family, in your home, in your business, in your ministries, in wherever you go. The miraculous power of God is going to, of what He's going to do in this place, and that it has to do with the double. That it has to do with the miraculous power of God where he takes two things. Remember he talked about this. He said he's going to take two things and bring them together. And the things that you just wouldn't normally hear about happening, just like that woman on the plane, they're going to happen here. What does here look like? What does here mean? Here is a noun In this instance, I know it's not really a noun, but it is you. It is going to happen through the convergence of our lives. It doesn't mean it happens here at the altar. It means it happens here. It happens within you. It happens through you. That he's going to take two things that you would not normally see come together. And bam, the power of God comes through it. What does that mean? How do we align with that? Great questions. So how do we align with this? I would love to say, hey, here's the five-point strategy. But guess what? That doesn't belong to me. That belongs to all of us. That belongs. The strategy for that, for what are these two things, comes as you actually go, God, what are these two things? And am I a part of it? And what part of it am I a part of? I just said the same thing frontward and backwards. It was a homily or something. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus helper. We, what do we do with that when we hear prophetic utterances that we go, okay, what does that mean? We ask Holy Spirit. We ask for understanding. We ask for eyes to see and perceive what those two things are. It could be two ministries. It could be two days. It could be... I don't even know, but I think you do. I think that the Holy Spirit is going to has deposited and will deposit ideas and dreams and thoughts in you. Not in staff. Not that staff won't have a portion of it. We do. We're praying and interceding for this. But we're asking. God is saying you. There is something that I am going to deposit in you in your dreams, in your thoughts. Will you open yourself up to allow the Holy Spirit to give you the strategy for this? To give you a part? We all know in part and see in part. That is the goodness of God. Because that way we need one another. I have a part. I have an idea of what this means. But I don't have all of it. Thank God. Because that means I need Jonathan Tubbs. That means I need Kristen, that means I need Debbie. That means I need Shelby. Well, there you go. I thought I was feeling something on my foot. We need to begin to seek the Lord for our own involvement prayerfully. Don't miss, um, don't disregard those random thoughts. The other thing that he spoke about is that we are in an extended spring season. What does that mean? An extended spring season. He talked about us being in a spring season and that we would be out of season compared to what is in the natural season because we were in an extended spring season. Joe, go ahead and put that up. This is a a slide. This is from my online school, so... It doesn't have mission stuff, apologize, but this is just an an excerpt that talks about when I I teach on all the seasons and all of that, it's a lot of fun. Spring is a time, hear this please, because we're in an extended spring season. Spring is a time when perseverance has paid off. Spring is a time when perseverance has paid off and God is extending us that season. That's double. When something is extended, there's more of it. More fruit from your perseverance. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a what? A good work in who? You, in me, will complete it until the the day of Jesus Christ. Proverbs 13.2 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire, what? Fulfilled is a tree of life. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. This is Lamentations 3.22. His love, his goodness, his kindness, his faithfulness are new every morning, every spring season. He is wanting to encourage us in this season. That's what an extended spring season looks like. Is there's more courage, there's more grace, there's more payoff, there's more fruit. You are going to see things spring forth that you didn't see before. That you have been praying for. Who was in a winter season? And you're like, oh man, I got to see some fruit. Every spring season, a time of breakthrough comes forth. Where you've prevailed through the winter season. And then you can properly perceive the goodness of God. You have out, hear me, you have outlasted, you have outlasted the enemy. You have outlasted the enemy in your life. You have outlasted the enemy and there is blessing upon the perseverance of your soul, the perseverance of your heart, the perseverance of your prayers. The tree in spring begins to show signs of life and buds of fruitfulness. Hope is no longer suspended in the air. Guys, we are in an extended season of this. I am saying this so you'll grab hold of it. So that you would not be discouraged. Hope is no longer suspended in the air. But it is present within you. Things begin to feel healthy again. The the spring season of your soul is a special time of anointing to get things done. Get things done. Come on now. That's like my love language. And access the unique intimacy with God. I share this simply because I want you guys to know what is available to you in your life. Supernaturally. Supernaturally, your prayers, your intentions, the things you're talking about need to align with the season that God has put us in. If you feel discouraged, you say, you know what? We are persevering. If you feel hopeless, you say, man, I, I can smell hope is in the air. You see those leaves, you see those blossoms. Okay, naturally we are in winter. There are no blossoms. Right? So we have to have what? Eyes to see. We have to have ears to hear the spring sound of the songbird in the morning. We have to super, super, not supernaturally, supernaturally see in this season because it doesn't look like what we're seeing out in the world. We are of a different kingdom and we are in a different time than what is trying to be dictated to us by our circumstances, by media. I'm not saying ignore those things. Prepare. Prepare according to how Holy Spirit is leading you, not fear. Do not be led by fear. Because then (sighs) the angel of the Lord's armies, you will not see him defeat the foes. Because you will be so afraid, you will see those who are against you instead of those who are for you. Amen? In the spring season, this is the invitation, so they would sow in the fall. What seeds have been sown in your life in this fall season, in a fall season? Begin to pull on them. Ask ask the Lord. Ask him, what seeds do I need to go after that have laid dormant? And now is the time for the air of hope for them to spring forth. He said this word over us. He said, the dormant seeds you have sown that have laid there for years, for years and years are going to start to sprout. Hallelujah. Come on. It will surprise you what grows. Hmm. That's intriguing. It will surprise us what grows. So that means when something starts to sprout forth and we don't recognize it. We didn't know that was the seed that was planted that we don't go, what? I don't, what is that? No, but we go, what a surprise. It's a boy instead of a girl. Wow. It's a redwood instead of an oak. I didn't know we were planting blueberry bushes here. I'm being silly. But seriously, we don't always know the seeds. Because he is the sower. And he is actually sowing his dreams and desires and intentions. He didn't say, hey, pick out the ones you want. Mm-mm. He did not. He said, here. Here. These are the thoughts. These are my dreams. These are my desires. This is what I want to do upon the earth. And I've chosen the people of the mission to be written into my story, to be written into the legacy, to be a part of the harvest, to pull in the lost and the broken. That when they come together, my heart is so stirred. I move in their midst before they even ask. Whew. I implore you to ask, Holy Spirit, what seeds am I to be a part of? What is stirring in your heart? Sometimes things stir in our heart and we get agitated. And then with that agitation, we go, well, why aren't they doing that? Why don't they have this? Why are they this? Why aren't we this? Why are we, right? But the truth behind that is the Holy Spirit is stirring something in you. The condition of your heart will determine what you do with it. So if you feel like there's something we should be, do, we should be doing as a body, as a family here at the mission, then maybe God is... Put that desire and that seed in you. For a reason. Begin to pray. Don't ask why we aren't doing it. Say, Lord, what is the timing of this? And how am I to be involved? And who? Who could we do this with? Amen. This was another word that he spoke over us. He said, the famine is over. Do you remember that? He said it. He said it like, I don't know, it was like 11 times. The famine is over, the famine is over, the famine is over, the famine is over. Why is he repeating himself? Because we have a mindset of famine. We were like Gideon. If the famine's over, then why am I here threshing? Why am I hiding? If God is good, why hasn't he defeated our enemy? Why are we being ripped off? If the famine is over, why does my bank account look like that? If the famine is over, duh, 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 duh. what does it mean for the famine to be over here? It doesn't just mean that the church's bank account is now in the positive. I will tell you that right now. That was a sign and the wonder so that we would believe the word of the Lord and go after it personally. Wow, God, if you could do that, then you could do this. The famine is over in your life. Have you, have you thought, what does it look like for the famine to be over? Maybe you've got all the money in the world and, and you're thinking, well, it's been over for me for a long time. Thank you for that investment, Lord. But is there a spiritual famine? Is there a relational famine? Is there a physical famine? Is there a mental famine? Are there areas in your life where the Lord is saying, it's over. That warfare has come to an end. And it is time for the harvest. If you don't define the famine, you're not going to praise God in the harvest. If we don't actually define the famine in our lives, then we will not know what we are praising God for in the harvest. We might actually think, what a coincidence. Huh. How about that? Look what God just did. Look what just happened. But instead he is saying, the famine is over. He said, I heard the sound of an abundance of rain. What have we just had? An abundance of rain. We must press in. He He said, the rain is on its way. The rain is coming. It is on his way. But we must press in. Press in because I can hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Do you know that language right there? Press in. Do you know what that means? It means to press in. Do you know how many times I get that prophetic word? The Lord is telling you: press into the prophetic, press into the apostolic, press into this, press into that, press into that. What does it mean? It means I go after it. I am pressing against anything and everything that would keep me from having what God has assigned to me in my family. Press in. Go after it. What do you do to open a door? You press in. You push. He's saying lean in with curiosity. Ask. Ask. Ask the Lord, how do I press in to these prophetic words? You have some of them. You have a summary listed on that paper. Financial breakthrough and abundance. We listed the following areas. Inner healing and deliverance. This house is marked. You are marked. By the presence of God. Being so strong and so powerful that depression, suicide, demonic oppression leaves as you pray. We are pressing in and pressing out every area. The enemy thinks that he has a stronghold. When you press in, these things must go. When you occupy, other things cannot occupy. Here's the thing, you guys, when we read these, when we read these prophetic words about inner healing and deliverance and prophecy and all of this, the prophet actually said, just as you had made, just as you have made in this house, prophetic ministry, natural and a normal part of your culture. So God desires that you make inner healing and deliverance a natural part of your culture. A normal part of your culture. Why? Because he's sending people who are demonically oppressed. Who don't know the difference between their thoughts and the demonic thoughts that, uh, that oppress them day in and day out. That are suicidal. Because they can't get the, they can't get the thoughts to stop. They need deliverance. And there are Christians... That God will bring to this house and bring deliverance and wholeness and send them out again. And they are looking for a body of people who, do, who, who are going to actually be able to pray for them, lay hands on them. And the power of God is going to come. I'm telling you, this isn't a ministry team. The prophetic word did not say, your ministry team is going to do this. Now yes our ministry team is trained to do this. But God's word says that his sons and daughters this is what his sons and daughters will do. This is what we are called to do every single one of us. There is no excuse. We are all called to bring deliverance. To bring healing. It's it's complex and it's so simple. I have literally laid hands on someone who is slithering like a snake. And I just released the love of God. I have nothing against the the structure of how you pray or anything like that. But in that moment, the Lord said, only my love. And as I released the love of Jesus, her whole body just quieted. Tears began to fill her face. And I said, "Jesus loves you. This is His love. This is His peace." And I literally saw demons flee. Now I know there is a structure. I it's okay, but sometimes we make it so complicated. We forget the power of the love of God to transform our life. I am not the same because of the love of God. I am not the same today as I was yesterday because of the love of God. He repeated multiple times, things are coming together. Things are coming together. There's a time where things are coming together. Dormant seeds, prophecies. You've been waiting for a time, but now is the time. The famine is over. Now is the time. This, was the, this is the last scripture I'm going to give you. Haggai 2, 8 through 9. This was the word of the Lord for us. For us. The Lord says, the silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. I'm going to say that again. The glory of this latter temple, this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place... And in this place, I want to ask you to stand. If you want to be in this place as the glory of the, of the Lord transforms, delivers, sets free. If you want to be in this place when the Lord of hosts shows himself strong and mighty. In this place is you, Mark. In this place is us. It's you David, it's you Alejandro, it's you Diana. Alex. In this place that the glory of the Lord will be greater. Will be greater. And his peace will reside. Can you imagine? I want you to imagine what does it look like for us to so walk in the peace and the love of God that we don't even have to touch someone, but our smile brings freedom. That we are so aware of the love of God and the invitation that our lives are to the world around us, that all we have to do is smile. I walked through the smile of God once and it radically changed me. And I believe the Father is smiling upon us today in such a profound, beautiful way. And he says, will you look to me and see that there is one enthroned that every other small God bows to the feet of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and that that revelation and that truth plays out in the story of your life you are significant because he has made you so because he has written your story into his he has intertwined our lives and today he has the history books open. And he's saying, I will begin to write with you if you'll let me. I wanna write your name into the legacy of this house. Amen. Yeshua, Jesus. Ooh, wow. This is personal. This is corporate, but it is personal. You have been anointed for such a time as this by the love of God, by the blood of Jesus, and by his body that was given. You have everything that you have need of. There isn't any more anointing that you need. You have everything that you have need of. To go out and to do and to be all that God has put in his heart and designed for you. Do you agree? Do you agree? I agree. And I want to invite you, whether you want to come forward, whether you want to, wherever you want to go. But partner with somebody right now. We need one another. Ask the Holy Spirit. What are the seeds? What are the promises that you have released over this house that you have a grace for me to partner with today that I didn't know yesterday? Normally, I would ask the ministry team to come up and minister, but we are all ministers, and I want the ministry team to be able to ask the Lord these questions. I want you to be jealous for your time with him. Because he is smiling over us today. And his smile is fierce. When the enemy sees God smile, he's scared. What is your invitation? What are you going to grab hold of and say, My famine is over? I want the promises of God and the victory of God to be assigned to my life. I want to walk in inner healing and deliverance. I want that financial breakthrough because my financial breakthrough is your financial breakthrough. What do you have need of? What do you have need of? I can promise you that he already has it in his heart to give it to you. Can we just sing the name of Jesus, the name of Yeshua, and as we do, partner with somebody. Tell them, I'm grabbing hold of these seeds today. I'm grabbing hold of these promises today. My name, will be written in the legacy of this house. Amen. Father, we want to live your dream. We want to live your dream. We want to live your plans and your purposes. We come into agreement today as a family. And we say yes. We say yes to the courage that is available, the grace that empowers us to say yes to the things that we don't know and we don't understand. We let go of our need to know. I feel like that's for some of you here. You need to just let go of your you need to know. What is it going to cost me? What is it going to look like? What what will he require of my time? You are on borrowed time. That belongs to him.
2: Pission.
1: you need to come and just repent. That you need to repent for not honoring, for not allowing yourself to even to even entertain the prophetic word of the Lord. You have accidentally or intentionally held it in contempt. I want to invite you to repent. To position yourself to hear and receive And grab hold of what is in his heart for you. And not just for this house, but for this city, for our nation, for our country. You are here for such a time as this. And you have been prepared for such a time as this. It is not a passive stance. It is an aggressive stance of surrender. of my sins because I am a sinner. I want to invite you right now to just say this simple prayer. Jesus, apply your blood and your body to my life. That I would be marked by your name as a child of God, as a child of the way give you my life I give you my life God do with it according to the desires of your heart I repent for my evil wicked ways for my selfish ways and Jesus I invite you to wash me clean wash me clean in the refreshing water of your presence and your goodness. Lord, I just release really healing right now where there are scars in people's hearts and on their body and in their lives. Would you heal the scars? Heal the scars. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Heal the scars. Heal the scars. Heal the scars, Lord. If you have scars that you want healed, he's here to heal those scars today. There are physical scars, and there are emotional scars, and there are mental scars, and he is here touching you, healing you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
0: I can ask the ministry team to come on, come on down. Our beloved is in the room this morning. And he wants to be your beloved this morning. So if you need prayer this morning, you need a miracle in your life. You need those scars healed. Those emotional scars healed. Those relationships scars My beloved is in the room today. And he's here this morning to love on you. To love those scars out of you. So come. Come. Come to the beloved. Come now. These altars are open. Come. To the one that's the most beautiful. So come. Thank you, Michelle. This week, ask the Holy Spirit, what's my responsibility? And then here in about 15 minutes, we're going to be starting our meeting about Guatemala. But come to the beloved, the one that's most beautiful.